Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast, where we talk to people who are building organizations, building teams, and building revenue. And today, I have the pleasure of having Matthew Regan with me. I was going to say Reagan, but that is wrong. Welcome to the program, Matthew. Thank you for having me. So it's kind of interesting because uh, we had that conversation before we started this conversation. You said, you know, pronunciations are really important to me. And I think I'd heard once somebody famous said, the sweetest sound in the entire world is the sound of your own name. And, and that's true, right? Uh, when you remember the name of your ex-clients or your employees, it goes a long way. I agree. I also think it speaks to someone's integrity that they care enough to pronounce uh, one's name properly. What's interesting is uh, like sometimes people go, oh, it doesn't matter. You can pronounce it any way you want, which is kind of an interesting thing to say. And it kind of gives you a glimpse into their mindset. You're not sure whether they just don't want to offend or they've just gotten to a place where I'm just happy you're talking to me. So it's kind of a self-esteem issue a little bit. Could be. It could very well be. Matthew, you grew up in this industry. Your dad was an agent, and there was probably things that he did that you went, oh my God, I want to do that. Uh, so tell me about one of those abilities he had as an agent that you admire. Yeah, I think um, seeing him operate um, probably comes back to that word integrity again at a, at a high degree of integrity on behalf of his clients where um, it's, it's cliche, but the client's needs were put ahead of his. And there was a lesson that was taught. I got to witness it with my own two eyes and then hear him teach it is um, you should never do anything for the money. He said, when you put the client's needs above your own, the money will come and that that's always stuck with me and it's it's never it's actually never let me down it's it's been good good advice can you give me an example of seeing your dad do that in real life where it cost him something to do the right thing cuz you know everyone talks about it but when it comes down to it it's like do i take the extra $1000 or do i do the right thing do you have an example that comes to mind that your dad did well, maybe not so much that, that my dad did because, you know, 17 years later, a lot of that's a blur. But I, I, you know, oftentimes we, when we represent a client and we're, we're in this case, maybe transacting in a, in a home, the purchase or sale of a home, oftentimes someone's biggest asset, you, you, you wear a lot of responsibility on helping the customer make the right decision. And one of the wars that rages in a consumer's mind is, am I taking the best offer? Are the terms and conditions um, appropriate for, for what that customer's unique situation is? And as a representative of them, 
you've got to be extremely careful that you don't let your selfish reasons bleed into the consumer's decision making in in just to be blunt the quicker i can get this deal done the faster i get paid well yeah but if the seller or the consumer smells that good luck getting a repeat customer down the road like let alone a referral so again you've really got to draw a hard line between your interest versus the customers Absolutely. And I think uh, what's interesting is I was at a real estate office in Baltimore and I saw this master at his craft and a client called in and they were really upset about the offer they were getting. And the guy took 15 minutes to talk to her and then he finally got her to the punchline, which was take a look at the net price you're going to walk away with that is actually higher than what you expected. And he could have said that in the first one minute of the conversation, but he knew he needed to let her vent and slowly explain it to her and then reveal it was much better for the customer than just saying, not saying, hey, dummy, this, but I thought it was masterfully done because it's not just about the facts. It's about the relationship that you have with your clients because you mentioned, you know, happy customers, referrals. So talk to me about how you train your agents to really strengthen that relationship during the transaction between them and their customers because they reflect your brand. How do you articulate that and how do you ensure that that's happening? Yeah, that that's a powerful question. Um, and <clears throat> there are many business models in every industry. We happen to, to abide by a business model that hires, recruits, and retains human beings that by their nature, a lot of what you said comes very naturally. And I was once given some advice that you can train somebody to do a job, but you can't train honesty, integrity. Um, you can't train that. Like you, you can help somebody and coach somebody, no doubt, but often we are looking for qualities in a human, in a person that I don't want to say automatically put the customer's needs above their own, but it's, it's built into their nature. And, and then once you have that pedigree in somebody, you come alongside them and you, you refine and you show, you know, when you're faced with giving advice, make sure you don't let your interests again, bleed into their best interest. And a lot of it is subtleties. You're not reinventing the wheel. You're not handing them a 200 page playbook and say, read this, do this. Oftentimes it's built into who these people are. And, and that's one of the things I'm very proud of with the companies that I own. And, and in this case, the real estate company is we've got the most amazing people. Stories are an important part of any organization because you can say, this is what we're all about. And that's like, uh, what does that mean? But when you tell a story of an agent actually doing that, you bring it alive. So tell me about uh, one of the stories you're really proud about, one of your agents kind of stepping up and and really living up to your expectations. Oh, yeah. And I, I could tell a hundred of these stories. Um, one that comes to mind is a, a colleague of mine who started her career, her real estate career with us. And um, we're similar in age and we're very, we're scary similar in profile, meaning the way we think, the way we conduct business. Um, 
And I, I think I probably was five or six years in the business at the time she joined us. And I remember how, I remember some of the ups and downs early into her career where, um, it, it, it is a, oftentimes you'll hear it as a cutthroat industry. Um, and it is, and there's a lot of highs and there's a lot of lows. And I remember saying to her, the faster you develop thick skin, the easier this is going to get. It was awkward advice, though, because if you think about the meat and potatoes of that advice is, well, what, what, what does it mean to develop thick skin? Does it mean that you should stop caring about the customer? No, you shouldn't. Does it mean that you need to stop taking things as personally when they don't go your way? Perhaps that's a com- component of it as well. And I think if you draw a parallel to life in general, as we get older, we experience more. Sometimes it's good experiences, sometimes it's bad. And we, we develop that thick skin. If you fast forward, uh, what are we at? Fast forward eight or nine years later to today, I'm so proud of this person. She's married, she's got a, a great family. She absolutely kills it in the industry. And I think the thing I admire the most about her with the exception of being a great mom and wife is she's she's really seems to have a grasp on the balance of life. This is somebody that could nice. work 25, 25 hours a day, eight days a week if she wanted to. Um, but she's kind of figured it out and she's young and she's successful. And I'm so proud of, uh, so proud of that. So Matthew, uh, so you mentioned the thick skin, uh, I do a lot of work with nurses as well and medicine, just like real estate, it's all about if you can connect with your heart to the person you're dealing with, that it just makes the transaction so much better. In medicine, it, I think that's where healing actually happens. But when there's lots of tragic events, especially in nursing, people tend to build a thick skin that shields their heart from the connection. And, and the balance really is, is how can we keep that heart-to-heart connection so people feel that warmth, feel that caring, feel that integrity, but still protect ourselves is kind of the balance that we do. So thank you for articulating that uh, in your story. Question I have for you is this. You've had agents that have come into your organization that you can see that they could be phenomenal and sometimes they can't see it themselves at the level you can. So tell me a story. You don't have, uh, don't name names, but somebody that came in and they could not see their potential and how you got them to actually overcome their limitations and step into that. Yeah, that, that's another great question. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll start it with a sports um, story uh, for football fans out there. Um, the longstanding New England Patriots coach, uh, Bill Belichick, will probably go down when he retires as one of, if not the greatest football coaches of all time. And, You'll look at his Hall of Fame resume and you'll see a lot of wins. You'll see a lot of statistics and you'll see a lot of Super Bowl championships. But the thing that he's one of the things he's most respected for in the in the world of sport is he can see things in an athlete, perhaps on another team or in in college that others don't see. And it's often the gift of um, being able to see this person's potential and I've never forgotten that. So when I look at resumes and people that come across, come my way, first of all, I always feel very fortunate that people want to even consider aligning themselves with, with us. But 
what we're often looking for is what is this person's potential? And I, we have a person on our team, and I, I, I've never shied away from telling this story and how wrong I was when I interviewed this, this person. I, I remember saying to our, my, one of my business partners, I'm going, that person's never going to make it in, in real estate. But um, she was a good, this is a good person, good qualities, big heart, very caring. Na- her nature was uh, kind of like a nurse, like just so empathetic. And the long story short is she, she just completely in the most amazing way proved me wrong. And she's now two and a half years into her career and just hitting it out of the park. And I couldn't be more proud that she actually proved proved me wrong. And then that's that Bill Belichick where I failed to see this person's potential. And what a great lesson to learn early um, to go, just because there's one way to do it, do something doesn't mean that there isn't another way to succeed at the same, the same goal. So the Matthew I see before me uh, is way better than the Matthew that probably was there five years ago or 10 years ago. I hope so. So, so tell me about one of the challenges you had to overcome because oftentimes, by the way, here's my personal theory. The reason God invented spouses was to uh, let us know when we're like uh, not as awesome as we think we are. So tell me about one of those hurdles you had to overcome. Number one, how did you identify it that you knew, oh, wait a minute, I've got this barrier. And then how did you overcome it to become the person you are right now? Yeah, and I, I like to think God, you know, human humans make plans and God laughs, right? So, you know, I'd have to take you back to my early twenties. I uh I I'm making great money. I'm I'm I I don't like this word, but I'll use it for clarity purposes. I was very successful. I had the car, I had the house, I had the clothes, I had the lifestyle. Um and that was about an eight year period in my, in my life. And I, I, I found Christianity or maybe it found me, depends how you look at that. And a light switch went off. Now that's, that is in conjunction with some incredible people that were, that had the guts to basically stand up to this egotistical know-it-all late 20 year old, um, and basically say, you got to make some changes in your life if you, if you want a life worth having. And it is cliche. And, you know, you could read about it in books and how people's lives change. But I, I would say that surrounding myself with amazing people that, again, have the guts to just look me in the eye and tell me things that I didn't want to hear um, but when I went home and, and looked in the mirror and, and had that that conversation with the person staring back in the mirror, um, it was the truth and it was the hard truth, but it couldn't have been, it was the best medicine that I think, uh, think I could have gotten at the time. And things changed, life slowed down, business got, took off, like it's a, it's a paradox because they don't that's not the norm. Normally life gets busier when, when business gets busier, but it, it couldn't have been more, more the opposite. And what an incredible feeling and result that that was. So we're going to go visit that in a moment, but I want to ask you a question first. Do you know who Pippi Le Pew is? One of the cartoon <laughs> characters. I, I do. So there was this one episode where somebody had told 
Peppy that he stank really badly. Pew! And he goes to this dictionary and he looks and he's like, no, no, this cannot be true. And the, and the reason I bring that up is, so people in your life uh, told you, hey, you've got a problem. Then you went home and you looked in the mirror. I suspect it wasn't an immediate, oh my God, they're right. There was this struggle of, this can't be right. So take me back there if you could, because I think that's where a lot of people end up not getting the breakthrough they need. They talk themselves into rationalizing what they're doing and still remaining stuck. So did you have that struggle? And if you did, uh, what was that like? And how did you finally get to the other side and go, okay, I got an issue. I need to solve it. Yeah, that that was probably, there's. it's a two-pronged uh, answer. So the, from the time I had those people that cared enough to look me in the eye and tell me straight, until the time I actually really began to see a material change in my life was about three years now of, of struggle, of, of tug of war. Um, and, but if I'm being, you know, completely transparent, that is an ongoing thing. I, I mean, I don't know if I'm any different oh, yeah. than another human being, but that, that tug of war is, is, is real. And I would say if I took you back to those three years, that at that point in my life, it would have been late twenties to early thirties. You know, you, you, I'm single again. I got the house, I got the cars, I vacation. I, I got a, I got a pretty sweet life from an outsider's perspective. So if you looked at my Facebook profile and Instagram, you go like, Whoa, I want that guy's life. But when you go to bed at night, um, very, very empty, very empty. Um, couldn't tell you what I had for breakfast that day. Um, didn't have a, a consistent woman in my life to share in these experiences. Um, so the tug of war um, was really like, well, what what does society say I should have and what my what does society say my life should look like versus, no, no. Like what's it saying inside? Like, like, like heart, mind, and soul. What, what are those three things telling me? And they were telling me very different, um, very different things. So you want to talk about a tug of war for that, for those three years, man, that, that was tough, but I think I, I think I've won. I think I'm on one side of this coin now and don't get me wrong. It's work every single day there is still a lot of room for improvement or as bill belichick would say that that guy's got he's got growth ahead of him we'll 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 hire him so you mentioned uh you found christianity so i'll tell you a a christian story before we kind of part company today is often i tell people that uh you know you and i are uh, like a bunch of idiots here in Brampton, more or less. And if Jesus was on a journey and he's all the way to San Francisco and he's like the being of light, even at his last days at the Garden of Gethsemane, if I'm pronouncing it right, he's got doubts. Should I stay? Should I go now? What's going on? So if, if the one has doubts, we got a lot of learning to go. There's just plateau after plateau after plateau. Like it's never done. It's an ongoing process of becoming better as we go. So Matthew, I've got two last questions for you. Number one, could you share a mind hack, a simple technique you use to make your life happier, more effective that our listeners would really appreciate? 
Yeah, I, I, that's an easy one for me. And I can't tell you how I developed this, but it would have happened uh, five or six years ago. And I remember sharing it for the first time and it was so uncomfortable. I was leading a men's, kind of a men's uh, night where there was about 30 of us. And we were talking about what it's like to be a man. And I, I was leading this thing and talk about uncomfortable. Like us men, we're not good at sharing emotions and feelings and stuff. But I said, I, I developed what I call a trigger. And this trigger is in my mind. And it's a four letter word. And maybe you've heard of this word before. It's, it's Oh my God, stop. don't say that. It's no. a PG show. <laughs> stop, yes, please tell me. <laughs> that, that, it's a four letter word and, it, and it's stop. And I'll let that sink in for a second. So it's a trigger. It's in my mind. It's a four letter word. It's called stop, and the visual is red and white. It's a stop sign. And that trigger will come out, thank goodness, at the best, the most opportune times where my mind is straying in a negative way or I'm beginning to have an ill thought. Um, It could be any number of of usually what would fall into a bucket of negativity. and, And don't get me wrong, it doesn't work every time, but... It's amazing how the brain, how you can train your brain to get ahead of certain things. Th- those things usually are the ones that would would perhaps drag you drag you down. So I hope that answers your question. Um, if it, you're, it does, if, if there's people listening and going, that guy's a little crazy. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not shy to say that, but I will say practice it a little bit and watch what happens to your your mindset. So I'm going to dig deep here just for a little bit. Can you think of a particular moment where that stop sign came up for you, like recently in the last month or two? Um, it comes up a lot. I, I struggle. I struggle with anger and frustration um, when things don't go my way. Um, I begin to boil in internally. Um, it's a constant work in in progress. And if I'm aware of this, if I'm in tune, um, if I'm not, if I'm not, say, under the influence, I'm not saying that I'm under the influence a lot, but for those that may struggle with an addiction or, or certain other things that cloud the mind, having a clear mind often allows you to see what's coming or feel or be aware so that happens a lot, but I, I'll share something from a men's group that I, I learned and it's a little, you know, uncomfortable maybe for some men out there or I shouldn't stereotype or generalize, but I remember this man saying to me who I have a lot of respect for and he would have been in his late, mid to late sixties. He's lived a life, he's married, he's raised kids, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, you know, it's so easy in Toronto in July to be driving in the GTA and there's a beautiful woman out of the corner of your eye dressed provocatively. Well, as a man, you might have that wandering eye and, and, and it, it may be innocent, but what if your kid's sitting beside you and sees you doing this? And I've never really forgotten that because it's such an innocent thing. It, it, it doesn't say anything. You're, you're, you're not necessarily acting uh, like there's not an action there, but it, but I've never forgotten that. And that's where that ties back to that trigger of 
stop because sometimes it's not what you say, it's what you do that can have lasting impressions in a positive way, but maybe in this example, in a negative way, depending on who's with you or even if no one's with you, um, it, it, it'll come back to bite you if you're not, if you're not careful. So again, training the mind, finding the trigger, being disciplined enough to, to stay on, stay on track, stay on course. Brilliant. One last thing. What is a book you'd recommend that our uh, viewers and listeners uh, read? Yeah. So you're not going to be surprised for me to recommend this. I, I would say the Bible. And I, I, I said this to somebody, uh, an atheist last week. I said, look, from, from an atheist uh, that I was listening to on another podcast, uh, University of Toronto professor, very recognized credentials are massive. Uh, and he goes, basically, he goes, every single answer to life is in the Bible. So I'm only saying the Bible, not to like try and have that atheist listening to this go, oh man, this guy's trying to convert me and join a cult. Like, no, no, no. Like I'm being dead serious. If you just want the most basic answers to life's biggest questions, you'll probably find a lot of the answers in that book from business to relationship to hardship to the best of times. It, it answers a lot of really difficult questions. And even if, you know, from that person's point of view, it's the wrong answer, it still gives you the ability to think about it differently, which is incredibly useful to get a different perspective. But I agree, there's lots of amazing answers in there. Matthew, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was, uh, you were transparent and vulnerable, and that makes for great radio. Thanks so much for being on the show. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Hopefully I'll get to meet you in person one of these days. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 